the real me. Joining the world of work can lead to some big questions. This series is about finding the answers. How can I, as a young black female, have a voice? What should you do if you feel out of your depth? How can I inspire others? How can I be me at work? Two people, two different stages of their careers, real conversations and real experiences. This is the Rolls Royce, The Real Me. Today's episode, Aisha and Andy on being true to yourself. Hello, welcome. My name's Andy. What's your name? Aisha. Aisha. And you've come from Bristol today, right? Yeah. So I'm originally from Blackburn, right? where I work in Bristol on the defence site. On the defence site. Yeah. So I work in what we call the R-squared factory, which is our artificial intelligence business. So you work for one of the big businesses with defence. Yeah. I work for <coughs> one of the smallest businesses that we have in Rolls-Royce. But, so if you work in defence, how long have you been in defence? So I just started on the grad scheme not that long ago, five so weeks. So you've been in Rolls-Royce five weeks? Yeah. And yourself? Well, coming up to 10 years, I've been in the company. Wow. Um, working all across the different businesses, civil, aerospace. I've done parts with defence. I've worked in many special projects. But five, w- I mean, I, I've, got, I've got to lay the land. I've kind of figured it, or I, I don't think I've figured it out. I guess I've I was going to say, I've just been on the Derby site today. I don't think you've figured, <laughs> figured it out. It's too No, big. it's colossal, right? Yeah. And it's, why, why is there a big company like this slap bang in the middle of the country but I guess how are you feeling then because five weeks like uh, do you even know you know you guess you know where the canteen is and some of the rooms and met your colleagues and so on but like I did the 10 week internship uh, last year so that gave me an insight of the land and got used to the site a little bit so why why Rolls Royce I mean it's one of those always questions but okay so my general answer is I fell into it, right. <laughs> but I've spoken to a lot of people and they're like, actually, you don't fall into it. It's, you know, everything's meant to be and you're in the right place at the right time. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But my story is essentially I, so I did an aeronautical engineering degree, um, which means obviously this is the best place to be if you've done that kind of a degree. Okay. I didn't think I was ever going to do engineering. It wasn't in my mind. I didn't think... I didn't think a girl did engineering. Yeah. I also didn't know what engineering was. If I'm being completely honest, the only engineer I'd seen was the guy who came from domestic in general to fix our washing machine. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was all I knew about an engineer at that point. And then I did my A-levels, applied for university to do maths. Um, the summer came, I pulled out my UCAS application because this is really crazy, but I'm the first in my family. Well, it's not that crazy to me, but I'm the first in my family to go on to do a degree. So I'm a first-gen grad, but also like first from my cousins, first in my family, as in from my siblings, but I'm not the eldest child. So it was a big deal for me to even apply to university. Was it a big deal for the family? And me. And Um, you, and you, yeah, but but like. (laughs) For everyone. Um, I think, so they were really sportive. They were like, you know, you, you can do it, so go and do it kind of thing. But I was more of, if I do go to university, do I have any guidance? Do I have anyone to look up to? Is there anyone I know in my inner circle who's done it? And there wasn't. Um, so it was kind of like taking a step into somewhere nobody had been. It's like taking a step on the moon. <laughs> like the equivalent in right. my family. Uh, so I pulled out my UCAS application because I got scared. 
And then I spoke to one of my mum's friends and she's a careers advisor and she said, just do it. She was yeah. like, if you, if you pull out your application, you're going to really regret it. It's something you really want to do. It's something everyone around you thinks you can do. Why don't you believe you can do it? Um, and then I reinstated my application, but I picked Salford University because I liked the campus online. I hadn't been to an open day. I hadn't seen the campus before, so I can just a stir, well, spur in the moment decision. Yeah. And then I looked at the courses and I went alphabetically. Um, and I picked aeronautical engineering because it sounded clever. And I never looked back. So you didn't back. even get to be? You didn't, you <laughs> no, know, I yeah. didn't even get to be. I was like, <laughs> um, architect, no, because I know someone who's an architect. And I was like, don't want to do something someone else right. has done. Uh, OK, aeronautical engineer sounds good. Agriculture, um, no. 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 So Art and design, no. Um, like After my second year at university, I think it was while I was at my second year, actually, I saw an advert on Total Jobs um, for it was undergraduate of the year during adversity, something like that. Um, and one of the top top ten finalists get a internship at Rolls Royce, so I applied. Uh, didn't think I'd get it, but I applied anyway. Um, and then I got the internship, so I didn't look back after that. But I feel like I just fell into it, if that makes sense. As in, I didn't plan any of that. Um, the opportunities just came. I think it's interesting that. A lot of people feel that they fall into roles. Yeah. Even I feel like I fell into my role. But when you reflect back, you can see the building blocks that yeah. the, that channel that you've fell down has got narrower and narrower to the point where you did the and you did the degree that requires that the job that you're doing. You actually went for the internship that requires the job that you're doing, and you have the skills to do the job that you're doing. So, actually, have you fell into it, or have we hired the right person? Because it sounds like we've hired the right person. You haven't just <laughs> fell into a role. No, but I think I, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. Um, but when when you're like, so if you're speaking to people who've done an aeronautical degree, for example, everyone says we're all applying to companies like Airbus, we're all yeah. applying to companies like Rolls-Royce. And in my mind at the time, I was thinking, there's not much that sets me apart from these people because we're all getting a degree. But I didn't think I was on that level to qualify with them because I didn't see myself, I guess I didn't see myself at that time from the point of view that I see myself at now. So um, what, do you, what did you perceive as the <coughs> Rolls-Royce person if we drew the Rolls-Royce person <laughs> then? Because you said like, got a degree, Whatever, whatever a top, everyone says top university, whatever a top university is, whatever that means, right? Red brick. So, That's what they say. right. So, what? Explain it. I want to see if I match it. <laughs> Probably not. Well, I don't know. No, I like think everyone I've met at, at Rolls Royce yeah? doesn't fit my idea of who I thought worked there. Right. But my idea before I came in was probably even before I applied was it's a male because the engineering field is male dominated. Right. There's Probably some merit to that. There's challenges there, but there's, okay, that's yeah. one to the, the split uh, is... Definitely. Yeah. Uh, then someone who's come from a red brick university, right. only because that's the first point to like fa uh, filter out. Right, okay. <laughs> In an application form, it's easiest to filter out those who didn't go to a red brick university if you didn't really want to look at applications. Just like, okay, <laughs> carry on. Um, and then, what was it? Okay, someone who has loads of experience because I think once you get into industry, you realise industry experience is actually invaluable. Um, compared to just going to university, industry experience gives you an insight, a lot more of an insight than just university what does. What experience do you have? But I don't, that's my point. So before I came into Rolls-Royce, 
I had this idea of there's this person who every so every single person will be a copy and paste of this this person I have in right. my mind and then I got here and I don't think I've met one person who fits that category to the T no. there's always something in there that like so they're probably male because the engineering field is male dominated right but they don't fit the other categories yeah absolutely not <laughs> you said you don't fit the criteria no, I don't fit on. the criteria I so if we talk about qualifications so as I sit here now I'm the head of operations I've worked heavily across engineering I'm a chartered engineer and I've forged somewhat of a career of being put on special projects within the company okay so have that in mind GCSEs A's A stars did that E at maths D at physics and a B at art I failed my engineering degree and they wouldn't let me back on it in the first year, so I have a design degree. I then didn't meet any graduate requirements to apply for any company like Rolls-Royce or Toyota or any of the big engineering company in the UK. So I was unemployed for about a year, signing on the dole. I um, at one point had three jobs at the same time to make ends meet, which was painting houses. I then had, I was, um, looking after kids in the evening at a sports camp and what else was I doing I was working part-time like a few hours a week in a little design shop trying to keep this dream alive to be a designer I then fortunately managed to get a uh, job in the cycle industry off the back of this design job which was a full-time job but wasn't paid heavily but I managed to travel the world go to cycle shows and so on and then I was in a high-speed car crash in which I almost died and I thought I need to change this so all of these things that I'd built up from all of these roles, I compiled into a CV and I applied for every job on Rolls-Royce's website on one Saturday night. I applied to 60 jobs in one night, wow. all of them. And a number of people got back. So I actually had this question, I feel like I'm gonna ask my line manager because it constantly bugs me, but because everyone is so different, yep. so everyone you meet is not you can't, you can't possibly see the similarities between two different people who get hired, like onto the grad scheme, for example. So it's hard to see what makes you come through the grad door, for example. So what are, I guess, what are the skills or what, what are the traits you look for in a person that you're trying to recruit? Like, what, what was it about me, for example? I guess you wouldn't be able to answer this because you didn't recruit me. I, but I when I've recruited people onto an, onto an engineering apprenticeship or an engineering course before, I'm looking for that individual that understands they don't know about the company. So I would ask the question, what, what technology or industry, what poster would you have on your wall? What excites you? Like just, is it motorbikes? Are you into bridges? Are you into space travel? What, what is it? What's cool? Do you like fast jets? Do you like cars? What is it? Just, just something to see that, you know, if you're a school diver, you, you're drawing stuff. You've got an interest in it. Maybe it's Lego. Maybe it's tiny things. Maybe it's massive things. And I can work with that. There's a spark there that I can pour fuel on, right, to get going. Yeah. One of the things that I, one of the things that I, I really like, I've, I've had a number of people in my team and I've got a member of my team now. And she says, I've only ever worked at Argos and McDonald's. 
And I said, if I could have a team of people that have worked at Argos and McDonald's, you will never experience pressure here like I imagine you have on a night out in McDonald's, midnight yeah. on a Saturday, or in Argos at Christmas running the shift. You know how to use Kanban. You know how to get work flowing from left and right. You can take on multiple orders and you can deal with pressure. Already, you are a shining light in this organisation, but you just treat it as you worked at McDonald's or Argos. So I think it's looking for those sparks of interest that will get people through the door. You don't have to know. In fact, you don't have to know how a jet engine works. That's not a, that doesn't matter. The fact that you can look at it and go, that's cool. Human beings made that thing. That's mega. Yeah. Oh, and I want to be part of that. We'll go, okay, yeah, we'll teach you. Do you feel like you're being yourself at Rolls-Royce or do you feel like you're acting as no. star grad, star <laughs> no. intern? No. Are you being yourself yet or, I, or has I that mask I'm, come off? Or, I think that's come off. I think it came off in my summer internship you reckon? <laughs> when I met my manager actually. So I think my first week was very much like come in at a very specific time, make sure you like the last one to leave the office because it looks like you're doing the most work while you're there. Um, make sure you sign on to every opportunity that they offer because it looks like you're interested in everything. Try and speak to every single person you walk past because they'll try and remember right. your name, right? Um, and then I spoke to my manager, my line manager, shout out to Colin. <laughs> He's absolutely amazing down in um, Bristol. And he said, uh, so we had like a really good conversation and it was basically about where I'm from and yeah. all the rest of it. And he understood so I just basically sat down one day and like told him my story of where I'm from and things like that because I said I don't think I deserve to be here and the fact that somebody sat there from Rolls-Royce who's this manager and he listened to my story kind of put things into perspective of we're all just people working at a company yeah. um, it doesn't matter like what title you have or anything like that he just made me feel like we were two friends sat opposite each other like getting a coffee and talking yeah. it was just that it was just that but it makes you walk away from that um ex like from that conversation i walked away and i realized that i do have so much to offer i just need to stop talking myself down um and thinking i'm not deserving of this position at rolls royce because what is it that i don't have that any other person at rolls royce does have and if it's something i can build on or something i can develop then obviously i'm worthy of the opportunity as much as the next person i think that's it but learning about yourself takes time i don't think i've only in the past five years have i started to learn about myself I was, before that i was masking and i thought i was trying to enact something i was trying to play the corporate person yeah and i didn't know anything about me i think one really big skill i see in a lot of people i meet at rolls royce is their mindset and resilience i think that's a really big thing um i don't think now that i'm here i don't think it's heavily based on experience i think it's based on skills like that skills that you can build through your own life experiences that you have it doesn't specifically have to be engineering but it's a skill that you can transfer in the workforce and help out yeah i don't know if that's something you might have seen i i always wonder about resilience i wonder about resilience because if you say somebody's got great resilience why do they need great resilience what's causing them to have that great resilience is it too pressurized so let's say you're studying for an exam right you've, you're out of that world now but let, you've yeah. come from the world of exams okay thankfully yeah. the pressures might be so great that the people who can survive that and i will use the term survive your class is having great resilience that doesn't 
that, that doesn't justify the, the environment which has been created. So yeah, we, a lot of people have got resilience here, but also the resilience does crack. And one of the things you'll see about, you'll see around the company is the increased effort on people's mental well-being. That happened to me. I killed it. I literally burnt out one year and this was in the office. It just couldn't get, I just couldn't get out of my car because I'd just worked so hard and done everything in this dream job. But the pressures were just so great that despite me taking on so much and being applauded for it, there was no outreach, no, no way to let it out. Yeah. And my resilience, that, the, all of that resilience, that massive amount I built up just came off in one day. And I remember, I do remember it, that it was just shocking now. It's called come back and be built and I much have a very different view. But I was very the corporate person. I mean, oh, I've, I've, I've got different photos of badges, but um, of, of my old badge and my new badge. But um, yeah, I was very corporate and behaving how I thought like you would, I had to behave. Yeah. And it just wasn't me, it just wasn't me. I think with the resilience, it's important for people who come from I think there's a difference because, like I said, there's people who come from a background where they think, I've worked so hard to get here, I've been given this amazing opportunity, I need to prove myself. And they take on a lot more than they need to because they feel like every day is an opportunity that they never thought they'd have because of where they've come from, right? Um, and then, like you mentioned, having that great resilience, you kind of get through it, get through it until you can't. Um, so I think it's important to find the balance because I understand I've been given a really amazing opportunity like from where I am, as in where I'm from. But when I'm here, I know every day is a really good opportunity, but I also know that every day that I come into work, I've got to do the best that I can, but I've got to look after myself as well. And it's important to find that balance of what's expected of you and then what you can do on top of that, just because you want to or you're interested in certain things. So you go and do a little bit more on top of your workday, but then not to burn out just because you're trying to prove that you're worthy of the position you've been given. I think the fact that you've been given the opportunity means you've already proved that you deserve to be here. You don't need to spend every workday proving that you deserve to be here. You need to here and do your job. So you mentioned that you made some changes when you came back to work after yeah. you took a break you said. So what did you have to do to... Well I didn't I, I didn't take a break so what happened was I remember that the, the moment that I couldn't get out of the car so we have a um, an assistance program so I contacted them during and this is years right so I'm in this therapy for a while and during that um, my therapist was looking at uh, the way I was answering questions which resulted in me being diagnosed as autistic so at the age of 32 I was diagnosed as autistic and it was for it's me it, a shock, yeah. it was a shock it well it's a sh it's I don't know if it was a shock or more a relief a relief of an understanding of how I perceived the world to be right the, the, the depression was part of, partly because I just didn't understand the world around me. I did, you know, certain behaviours and certain norm traits and so on. I was like, this doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't, I'm not part of this world. And it turns out I look at the world very differently. So with that sense of relief and almost a, I don't know, real big moment in your life in which you just take a big screeching turn 
to the right, came back and you just realised that you can't kind of hide it. So I shared it with my boss who was like, well, what does that mean? What do we do? Just carry on, you know, what do we do? Yeah. And then the company immediately just started to put things in place to, to support it. Now, these are not big costings. These are things like, I don't know, understanding about the best way to, to issue work to me, the best way to communicate things that are very specific. What you then find is with that combination of drive, that combination of having a voice and not being afraid to use it, that combination of knowing how to work the company, because I'd been here a while. I drove a massive change for the company in supporting neurodivergent individuals. So the company started to invest money in recruiting individuals like me, which was really interesting when a lot of the individuals in the company have said, oh yeah, Andy, more people like you. Well, I failed my engineering degree. Yeah. I don't have one. I couldn't even meet the grad criteria. And those questions start to raise them. It wasn't just through neurodivergent, this was happening before. But you get this moment and Rolls-Royce supports it. So it's a personal moment, but the company supports it. And I'll change as the company supports it. The company then listens to you as an individual, as a member of a diverse group, so they go, right, how can we get more people like you? When I did maths tutoring, I did it at a school in Darwin. Um, and a lot of students who go to that school come from underprivileged backgrounds. So you meet, so at that time, I knew that I was going to do my summer internship. <coughs> but I met a lot of students there. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm here to do my job until I leave. And then I'm going to go do this summer internship at a really big company called Rolls Royce. Um, and then I met a lot of students there who had really big aspirations, but they didn't come from backgrounds where that would be supported um, simply because they maybe they didn't come from like financially well off backgrounds or their families wouldn't be able to provide for them whilst they went to university or give them that opportunity. Um, and it, I think it grounded me in the sense that I appreciated the opportunities that I have because not everyone gets that ability mm -hmm. to go off and chase their dreams in a sense. Um, but it wasn't that them kids didn't have dreams and it wasn't that they weren't able to achieve them if they were given the opportunity. It was just simply the cards that life had given them, I guess. Yeah. Um, they weren't able to go off and do that. Which is why I say if there's things that you ever want to do from a personal thing, use the power of Rolls Royce to I was going to say something really corny there about powering, and I'm not, because it's too corporate. But use Rolls-Royce to open those doors. But you can say pioneering. No, I wasn't going to say, yeah, I wasn't okay, going to say, use, use the power to, that I was like, that would be awful. Yeah, you've just right, seen that, right? That's the company the slogan. Yeah. So, but let's say you want to do some give back to those schools that, don't, that you feel don't have the opportunity. Yeah. The company will provide that. The company will go and send you there with STEM, with resources. Go and educate them about engineering. Yeah. Go and educate young Muslim girls about engineering and why it's not men in overalls fixing <laughs> fridges or ovens or whatever, boilers washing or whatever, washing machines. <laughs> but you know, it's not just, yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not a, I don't know, it's not a overall wearing call out there are roles like that and there's roles that you can be really successful at that but there's also other engineering as a subject is also much wider as of now which one do you think could have greater impact a video of my life a day in the life of me or a day in the life of you both 
because it's two different things. It's it's me who's entered the company a day in life, so it'll be very different because of what I have to do, I guess. But then you've been in the company for so long, and a day in life shows what you could be able to do if you like went through what I did and then got to that point. Does that make sense? It's like two different time time points. I think you've got a really strong story already, (laughs) already. And I think the outreach of what you could give explaining your backstory is really powerful. It's more powerful than mine, I think. Thank you, Andy and Aisha, for that conversation. And thank you for tuning in. To find out more about starting your career at Rolls-Royce, check out our socials or search Rolls-Royce Early Careers. Be real, be curious, be ready, be you. Be Rolls-Royce.